Bird fans forever. And you're listening to Bird fans forever. Go Bird! Go Bird! Go Bird! Hello fellow Redbirds, welcome to Bird Fans Forever podcast number 25. If you're new to our channel, you should check out our Bird Fans Forever Twitter account and follow in order to get the first notice of new videos that we publish. You can follow along there also for other information and fun polls. Our website is www.birdfansforever.com and on there you can find links to all episodes of our podcast across a plethora of apps. Apple, Google, Spotify, and others, as well as a tab to access our videos on YouTube, where we're also called Bird Fans Forever. So dunk on the YouTube subscribe button and follow us on Twitter so you'll be the first to see new episodes and get other fun information from us. Our guest for today is Brandon Holtz, who played with the ISU Redbirds from 2005 to 2009. We'll be right back with Brandon. Hello and welcome to Bird Fans, episode number 25 with Brandon Holtz. Uh, he played at ISU from the fall of two, uh, 2005 to the spring of 2009. Played on two NIT teams. Uh, got to see Dana Ford's half-court miracle shot and then tried to give Dana Ford a little love after we beat his ass in the game on uh, <laughs> in Redbird Arena the other night. So, Brandon, welcome to the show. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having us, guys. And yeah, we, we did whoop on Dana the other night. It was great. It was yes! Great. <laughs> we love it, right? We're at the games. And so, okay. Um, that was a little cheesy opening, but, you know, it's, you know, you get, for, get what you paid for here at the yeah, Bird Fans Forever. I think you're nervous. Yeah. nervous yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. So, yeah, yeah, I'm nervous to be around you, the big star, right? Oh, yeah. So, Brandon, we start this always out. How did you get to ISU? I got to ISU, um, obviously being from Bloomington, been an ISU fan. Um, you know, it's kind of funny growing up, uh, everyone around Bloomington is a U of I fan, right? Well, I hated U of I. I didn't want anything to do with U of I. Uh, coming out of high school, you know, obviously we're all, we're all basketball players. We're all competitors. So we want the top of the top. So obviously, you know, I'm going to Duke, right? I'm going to Arizona. <laughs> um, but reality set in real quickly, obviously, but, uh, no, ISU was a great program. They recruited me pretty hard. I had a few offers through the, through the throughout the Missouri Valley, and uh, the one thing that got me to ISU, uh, other than being from my hometown, was the four guards: uh, Vince Green, Trey Guidry, Greg Alexander, uh, and then um, oh shoot, forgot his name. Oh, it's going to come to me now that you're talking about. It, you put me on the spot, but those four guys were leaving. And I looked at it as an opportunity to come in and play right away. So that's that's. Besides that, and being from Bloomington, that was basically what guided me to to ISU. So, so you you were in Bloomington, and we love the fact that uh, you didn't like U of I, uh, but uh, <laughs> still don't. <laughs> yeah, it, it only gets worse once you play for Illinois State too, right? Yeah, so, right. Um, what what players do you remember watching? on those Illinois State teams when you went to Growing up, I mean, it's kind of funny because I was always a kind of a competitor growing up, but I was I didn't really know uh, or or realize what the potential was. So I didn't really watch I didn't really watch a whole lot of ISU until late or college basketball for that matter until late. Um, but uh, Tyrese Bryson, I mean, that guy was oh, yeah. an absolute stud among studs, right? Um, 
And then the funny thing is, uh, Andy Strandmark, he was always the one that uh, was, you saw, you saw him everywhere because he was seven foot, right? 6'10". Right. <laughs> so being being a young guy, him being in the community, that who, those are the two guys because Tyree scored 40 a game. It wasn't obviously won 40 a game, but it was pretty damn close. Um, and then Strandmark just because he was huge. So those guys were always the guys in the community that you that you noticed. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yep, yep. And we're trying to get Andy on. We had Tyrese on already, and Andy's been dogging me, and I've known Andy since he was a freshman. And so next time I see him, I'm just going to thump him upside the head. But uh, the, that's what bigs do, right? Right. Oh, that's yeah. right, Brandon. You're a guard. You wouldn't understand that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... We're going to roll right into your next easy question, right? And we're going to give you another lob here. Um, well, I wish I could dunk it, but probably not. <laughs> we're talking about family, right? And mm -hmm. and having your younger brother watch you play, and now you get to watch your younger brother play. Talk about that. Oh, it's been awesome. Um, he has been a sponge growing up. I mean, he, he, he came to every game, obviously. He didn't really have a choice, right? He was too young to have a choice. But uh, he kind of took it all in, kind of created his own path. His senior year, he, he, had, a, he had an offer to go to UT Arlington. Uh, senior year, he tore his ACL playing football um, and then kind of basically had to start all over, right? Then went down to Vincennes, had a hell of a career down there, won a, a JUCO championship, uh, get out of there, goes to Western, uh, had a really great career at Western, fantastic. And both, I mean, Vincennes and Western's been absolutely awesome to him and then when COVID came around he saw an opportunity to jump in the transfer portal and you know just kind of see what's out there right um and then isu um was a great fit and you know coach peden coming in first year colton being in the transfer portal you know we're all starting from the same same page right and i just i just hope he can get healthy i mean he's been great he just yep. needs to get healthy. He's battling a couple things, um, and hope to. Uh, I think after this week, I think things are going to start moving the right direction, and he's going to be uh, pretty solid running through, uh, you know, the rest of the season into the conference tournament, and hopefully, uh, ISU can get back, make a late run. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Brandon, we have to ask you. Okay, was Colton a bigger fan of Brandon? Or is Brandon a bigger fan of Colton? Oh. <laughs> uh, you kind of cut out on me there, Steve. What did you say? No, uh, was Brandon a bigger fan of, of Colton, or was Colton a bigger fan of Brandon? Uh, I was a bigger fan of him. I mean, I, All right. Hey, at the end of the day, I did what I did, but it's time to, you know, I'm all about passing it down. Even with my son now, Baker, he's two years old, and I, I want him to be way better than me, right? Um, Brandon, like, hold on for a second. You, you just talked about your son, right? Oh yeah, threw my son sh in there for sure. Sh sh show, show the, show them how you uh, taught your son how to shoot the basketball. <laughs> well, this is my. You guys were when I started it off. It was all about the the indoor basketball arena. Well, here we go. We got that, and then we have the window that he threw the ball through after shooting to that one. <laughs> we got like three full courts in this in our little sunroom here. Um, but yeah, so, no, so he, obviously I'm, I'm all about, uh, passing it down. I want everybody to be better than me. That's just, that's just how, who I am really. 
Yeah. I, I still Something try to was... get him, I still get him in the gym every once in a while, and I still dog his little butt, but trying to get him better. Trying to get him better. <laughs> yeah. And he, but in his defense, he would have been what seven, eight years old going to your games. Oh uh, yeah, twenty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So sure. I mean, if not younger, he might. Yeah, have, I mean, he might have been younger when he started. Yeah. So. It, it, he didn't realize what was happening in front of him. He's too young to know that. So no, he didn't. That's a bad question, Steve. Or, you know, <laughs> we're going to dock you pay. Like, <laughs> when he really remembered it was when Redbird Arena was, was full, right? When, yeah. You know, when yeah. We my, especially my sophomore, junior, senior year. I mean, we were packing the house. And yeah. uh, that's kind of what it, what his, his drive was, is to get people back in the stands, back in the stands. And I, and I, think, I think we're heading in the right direction. Um, but it takes time, right? It takes time. So, Brandon, uh, the four years that you were at school, you went through a coaching change similar to like what the players are going through this year. Let's talk a little bit about that. You played first two years for Porter, and, and then uh, Jankovic came in, your junior and senior. T t talk about that transition. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, uh, uh, Porter, Coach Coach Moser, Coach Baroni was the one that recruited me pretty hard to get to ISU. Uh, which was cool watching him getting his butt whooped at uh at Redbird not Redbird heck that was that was in uh in the gym yeah um yeah. so that was a really Gordon cool field experience. house yeah I was <laughs> right. in Florida, unfortunately during that game but it was kind of cool to to see that too um but no I mean it was it was a definitely a different transition the two different coaching styles and um I wouldn't necessarily say one was better than the other uh, I think um you know, with with Moser, it was more of a defensive strategy, um, and then Jank was more of the offensive of coach, uh, and things, um, you know, were just different. I mean, I think in the mid major, especially, uh, we need offense. We need we need excitement. We need people to come to the games. You know, it's not like Kentucky. You know, go down to Kentucky, people are going to come to the games no matter what. Doesn't matter. It's big time basketball, right? Uh, mid majors, I think you struggle to get people in there. You got to get it excited to watch. I think with uh, with Jank, we had more of a, a offensive strategy. Um, and I, you guys, you guys might be able to look it up, but I want to say we were averaging seventy plus points. Uh, you know, my junior senior year when we when we won twenty four twenty five games, for sure. And I'm a big uh, advocate. You know, they say defense wins championships. Well, I'd, I would like to battle that every day because if I score 100 points, not a whole lot of teams are going to be able to score 101, right? Um, and that's just my that's just my personal belief because me growing up, you score, you get noticed. Um, and we can teach defense, right? But again, you if I score 100, good luck scoring 101. Uh, but that's that's what it was. That was the difference. Yeah, and, and you know, as a fan, you definitely saw the differences in, in the styles oh, we're talking about. Clearly, exactly. night and day. Or I mean, we were just talking in the break. You know, my my freshman year, we won nine games. We had more we had more fans in my in, at Bloomington High School basketball games than we did at ISU college games. Right? Uh, we we won nine games our freshman year, and then my junior senior year, we won twenty four twenty or twenty five twenty six games. Yeah. The the drastic difference, um, and 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 Bloomington, th this community, born and raised here, Bloomington is a very tight knit. If you're 
we're either all in or we're all out, right? Which is unfortunate uh, just because trying to build a program, the support isn't always necessarily there. Um, and I'm not saying like the inside guys, the really diehards. I'm saying the, the, the guys that are on the outside, hey, what do, February 10th, what are we going to do tonight? It, well, if ISU's not winning, they're not really looking at ISU basketball, unfortunately. Uh, and that's just the thing that we need to change. Uh, and it just takes winning. February 10th, back in 2008, they were coming to the basketball games, right? Um, and that's my experience. Uh, there's a couple other years at ISU basketball, even when I was growing up, youngster. Like, that's what we did. We went to the ISU basketball games. And now we're transitioning um, and hoping to find that that want and that need to go watch ISU basketball again. And the women are doing their part. The women are awesome. You know, oh, we're, yeah. getting, we're getting oh, fans yeah. in through the women's games. We just, we just need to move it to the men's, too. We need, we need to do, um, you know, they need to do their part. Tell people about, like, the, the, the experience as a player. In, like, junior, senior, I remember we started, like, 14-0. and 0. I, I didn't have season tickets, but we were coming down for games and stuff like that, and you couldn't get a lower bowl ticket. So you're sitting in the upper bowl. But it's just super loud there. But you know, on the lower bowl, it's got to be ten times louder. I mean, oh, talk sure. about I mean, the, the 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 motion and 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 just the, the feel when there's ten thousand people in that stadium. Uh, I mean, specifically the Bradley games. I mean, those games were incredible. I mean, the whole stadium would be rocking. I mean, you could just feel it moving. Um, and then they throw the confetti. You know, when we make our first basket, blue and or blue red and white confetti just all over the lower bowl. I mean, that's just, that was cool things to watch. And I had front row seat. I got to watch my players score the first basket. <laughs> I had front row seat and I got to take it all in. Those guys had to get back and play defense. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was the difference in, you know, as a season ticket holder now, um, we want that, right? All the season ticket holders, all the, yes. anybody oh, that goes to sure. the game yes. wants that, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. We just we just need some excitement. And we need, and I think again, like I said, the transition period is always tough, but I think we're going to head in that right direction. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I I see good things. And like you, Brandon, I want that gift for the players playing today to know what it feels like to play in front of the packed house, right? Like you, I played in front of packed house night after night after night and you know there's just nothing the electricity and and uh, you know we very rarely lost at home during my era just because mm. the crowd was always in it right and so mm. um it was awesome and um to so see it, now, like... it it hurts right? it breaks my heart to see it <laughs> but the, you know the game the game again in horton right mm-hmm. i mean i would say that was electric this, this agreed year. Yeah, and it felt it had that feel, you know, of a much right. bigger crowd. You know, because Horton with the the acoustics and stuff like that, and, and you know, I, I'm sure if you talk to players on the team, that the way that game felt versus other games is just night and day. Night. Well, and you could you could tell. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there. I was down in Florida, but I was watching it on TV and could hear it. But you could tell the the difference in how the players played, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And that's for any, you know, competitor. You know, if you got somebody watching you, just play a little bit harder. You, 
uh, cut a little bit harder. You, you just do the small things a little bit better and a little bit harder. Um, and you, you just really saw the emotions come out of those guys. Um, and it was, it was really fun to watch. We just need to get that yeah. back to Redbird, right? You yeah. got it. Yeah. So, so your freshman year, you mentioned you didn't have, as a team, a lot, a lot of wins. But there was <laughs> one special game, right? And yes. I was at this game. Uh, um, it, it, you know, a highly touted uh, Creighton came in. And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, aforementioned uh, coach of Missouri State who played at Illinois State. Yeah. <laughs> Did a game-winning shot. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about back, that game. Yeah, back from back in Dana, even though we whooped him. No, Dana was a great teammate. <laughs> um, no, I'll, yeah, Creighton was the cream of the crop back in the day. And uh, they came into the house, and we beat them. Uh, we we kind of had them beat the whole game, and then they just made a run because that's – you know, they were that good. And Dana hit a half-court shot, and it was electric. I mean, bench clearing. We had, a, you know, the fans coming down from the, from the stands, and it was, it was just a party at, at half-court, and it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was fun. It was cool. That's kind of what you, as a, as a young player, you kind of dream of those kind of things. And especially for Dana, I'm sure Dana had plenty of, plenty of dreams of, hitting half court shot or full court shot to win a game. Right. Right. Um, and it was just to see it actually happen right in front of you. It was pretty cool. It was pretty special. So then, you know, the years progress and, and, and your junior, you guys had a lot of success. We talked about that, right? Made the NIT, but there, there was a game that was, you talked about, it was kind of a little bit special. Uh, you guys went into Southern. Okay. Mm-hmm. At Southern it was the last regular season game. And, and and you broke a little streak there of theirs, but let's talk about that game a little bit. Yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly what the they had some kind of home winning streak, and like I told you guys earlier, I, I think ESPN was at the game as a, as I feel like it was an afternoon game, and we beat them on their home court, um, and the fans they had no idea what to do. And we <laughs> we there was. So much going on in the locker room after we won, it was it was awesome. You know, again, another moment where you take such a success story and you put all your, you know, dog days of putting whatever you got into the gym. Um, you know, a lot of people, again, a lot of people think that, oh, they play college basketball. They, they're, they're lucky. We are lucky, don't get me wrong. But absolutely, it is, it is, it's, it's a full-time job, right? And then you finally so. see something like that. Uh, come out into play and you beat these guys at their home court, a hundred and some game winning streak, and just beat their ass. Yeah, and uh, just to, just to like feel the success finally come out, right? Um, it's it's just it's a a feeling you can't necessarily. I mean, I can sit here and try to talk to you about it and tell you how it feels, but you can't you you, you can't explain it, right? But Brandon, John, I'm the, sure you've been in a situation like the, that before. Like the it just, feeling it just of their stunned silence, and yeah. you're walking with your chest out like, <laughs> "Suck it, <laughs> suck it!" You know, but you can't do that, right? You got to shake everybody's hand. You got to be all nice, and uh-huh. but you're like, yeah, you hear that? It's crickets, bitches. Yeah. You can't hear nothing, right? And so, exactly. right? I mean, exactly. that's exactly what you're talking about, right? And to go beat. And the coaches post this stuff all the time. Oh, 100-game winning streak. And, and they're trying to motivate us late in the season. 
you know, the funny thing is, too, there's what? Southern's arena at the time wasn't very big. Uh, maybe six, 8,000 people in there. And the 15 guys running off the court were the loudest. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it was yeah. It's, those are, yeah. again, that's another, you know, just same thing with Dana. Those are things that you don't forget. Don't ever forget. Nope. Nope. And you said it's more, it's like a job. Uh, Playing college basketball is like 60 hours, 70 hours, 80 hours a week, especially if you're losing and having some midnight practices. Or, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. People, I mean, people don't know about those. Oh, yeah. Get off the plane, hey, uh, meet you at the gym in an hour. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, you get off the plane taped and ready at 45. Uh-huh. We're at Bloomington Airport. We got a 20-minute drive and yep. to get ready at 40. And it's like, oh, crap, yeah. right? <laughs> But it is. I mean, it's class from 8 to 1, uh, weights at 3, practice at 4 to, you know, 6, 4 to 7, and then film after that. I mean, it's it's all day, every and day. And then study hall. And then study For hall. For those of us that didn't have good grades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, study hall. Hey, we got hall. through, though, right? We, we made it. Got, got a degree, baby. So, Brandon, you, your junior year, you guys had a lot of success. And there, there was one team in the Valley – which you guys had to play three times, which uh, um, you guys only had 10 losses that whole year, and, and they counted for three of them, including the, the MVC championship game, and that, and that was Drake. So tell us about those matchups with Drake. Steve, we weren't supposed to talk about this. Pemberton made me do it. He said, don't listen to Brandon. you got to ask these questions. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, like we were talking, Drake was – those guys – they could have been blindfolded, and then they hit every shot. They they would take – you know, the the actually, and I didn't even tell you guys this, the best thing about it was I was a scout team guy, right? So when, when we always scouted against Drake on the on the scout team, I had 100% green light. I could shoot it. <laughs> and literally, I'd come down, I'd take one dribble past half court, and I'd just fire it up there. I would air ball. And Jank would be so pissed because I was able to get a shot off, right? It was great. Those are the good days of practice when I could just shoot it whenever I wanted. But, yeah, Drake, Drake, Emmenecker, uh, Corver, uh, who was – there's another big, tall dude. I can't remember his name. But they just – they shot the shit out of it every time we played them. Every time. Um, played them close at our house, played them close at their house, and then they just – Molly whopped us in the in the championship game at the Valley. It beat us by 30 or something. And it was just to the point where, like, what do you do? They came out, you know, in my in my wildest remember of what happened. I mean, of course, they came down and hit 15 shots in a row. That probably didn't happen, but it felt like that, right? Right, right. And they were just that good. And to hit on the offensive strategy, <laughs> they they – Got beat. What what'd you say? One hundred and one to ninety nine in the in one one and one to ninety nine against Western Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. And they were the five seed playing against the twelve. Well, shit. If they would have scored one hundred and two, <laughs> so guess what? Guess what? Western Kentucky scored more than a hundred, and they won. It's weird how that works, isn't it? There you go. <laughs> but getting back to the, you guys had such a good season, and, and your RPI, which was. What people were measured back by then you, it was really good, and, and uh, you know, everyone was thinking maybe an at-large, right? But that mm-hmm. that championship game hurt, you know, being on CVS and 
It, it hurt. Uh, like I was telling you guys earlier, too, the, the, we lost to Eastern Michigan at Eastern Michigan in just one of those dumb games, you know, uh, on the road, not really necessarily pumped up to play Eastern Michigan. I don't, I don't know at the time. We probably only lost one game. Maybe not. Actually, it was we were undefeated. That might have been the first non-conference we lost. Um, and we were just thinking Eastern Michigan, right? It, but that's that's just how basketball works, you know. You you let your guard down one little bitty bit, boom, you yep. get your butt kicked and cost us potential. I mean, there's probably a lot of things that might have, might have come in and into fruition on on how we didn't get picked. But uh, you know, sitting in that room, we were down in the legends room during the selection show, and not to get selected, it was just kind of just a you know a stab in the heart, you know. We we were there, yeah, and boom, yeah. you know, done. So that, you guys, you, you made two, hurt, two NITs. Hurts a little bit, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I didn't make the NCAA that year, and I know it was disappointing. You know, those two teams, your junior and senior year, they both went to NIT, which was pretty good. Um, we hadn't been to a postseason in, in a while, and uh, you, you know, your junior year, you guys beat Utah State. Senior year, you played Kansas State to an overtime game. Great game. Let's talk about a little bit about those NIT games. Yeah, Utah State came in, came into Redbird. We, we, you know, we didn't like beat them hard, but we handled them pretty good. I mean, we had a good game in your home uh, court, you know, and then uh, Dayton came in, and Dayton just Dayton was good. I think Dayton made it to the Final Four of that of that uh, year. Um, they might have even made it to the championship game. I don't. I don't know. But they they were just a good team, and we played good. We just one of those games that you better bring your best, right? Um, right when you get to the right. postseason, if you don't play your best, you're not going to win. That's just it is what it is, right? Um, and then my senior year, we went down to Kansas State, and that was probably my well, that not probably that was um back maybe freshman year we went down to florida state in a tournament so it wasn't necessarily like a it was like a day game you know saturday day game but playing kansas state in the nit in kansas state uh big 12 and they were you know obviously good that was a whole different atmosphere i mean the, the those those uh the kids were rowdy the crowd was rowdy <laughs> it's, it's kind of a smaller gym it's not you know what you would think would be a big arena. And, and, and ISU's, we're, we're lucky. I mean, ISU's arena is probably one of the bigger arenas in, in, in the nation, really. Uh, now that every, I shouldn't say that now. I mean, heck, I was there you know, 10 years ago. Right, right. A little right. over 10 years ago. But 10,000 10, seats in an arena, that's huge. That's a big arena, right? Uh, we go down to Kansas State, I mean, I don't know. Another less, definitely less than ten, I would say at the time, and they were just right on top of you. I mean, it was just yeah. on top of you. Students were um, basically could touch you. I mean, it, it obviously wasn't a Duke, but it was pretty close. Uh, that's kind of how rowdy it was. And we took them to overtime. We we played one of our best games. We took them to overtime, and we just fell a shot short. I mean, it, it, to beat Kansas State on on their own turf, that's always going to be a tough game. In the postseason, yep, that is a tough. Season, yep. It's a tough call, yep. But it was fun. Another another game you don't you, you know you'll you'll remember. You don't forget. Yep. Yeah. And that that was your last basketball game. That was your senior year, right? That was, yep. Last basketball game. Uh, 
And then I could tell you about all the glory days of, of rec ball after that, but <laughs> I don't want to bore anybody. <laughs> well, let, let, let's talk about post-graduation. So you you graduated in December and stuff like that, right? And then uh, you made a decision that's probably pretty unusual, not, not most basketball players are making. But what did you do after you graduated? I uh, turned pro, turned pro uh, professional golf. Um, I played golf. My dad played golf all growing up. I played golf growing up. Um, and I guess I could say I was fortunate to, to go to ISU because I could still play. I mean, I obviously didn't play a lot, but could still grab my hands on a club and uh, go swing in the off season, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I got done, you know, I'm like, what the hell? I was kind of naturally gifted. Give it a shot. So I, right. I played professional for about four years was making an I was make I shouldn't I wasn't making money I was making enough to keep playing right right, right. I wasn't really making enough to live right and it got to the point where uh, my wife today I was dating her for a long time and um, I just kind of said enough's enough and I kind of went into it as I'll give it two years if I get better we'll we'll continue to go right and I did I got better and better and better I got to my fourth year, and I just kind of lost that. You know, at that time, I'm, what, 20, 24, 25 years old. Like, all right, dude, what are you, you going to do the rest of your yeah, life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the funny thing is when I got done, I actually got freaking better. <laughs> <laughs> and I, honestly, not I still play professionally today. Um, I play in a couple, like the, the Illinois Open. Um is kind of a big tournament for me. I'll call it one of my, my majors. I have I have three majors that I kind of play in: the Illinois Open, the Metro Open, uh, which is down in like the St. Louis area, and then uh, Waterloo Open, which is up in Iowa. Uh, very very good tournaments. I finished second in the Illinois Open probably I don't know four times maybe three four times. And we're talking you know those checks are fifteen to twenty thousand dollar checks like wow. that's not yeah that's not a I like to call it my part-time job. I, that's what I yeah. tell my wife anyways. Um, <laughs> she calls it just something you do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but just, Brandon, just what, what's, what's more pressure? Game's tied. No, the game, you're, you're, you're down one. There's 10,000 screaming fans. You're at the free throw line. You have to make that. Or you got this, you're at the Illinois uh, uh, tournament. Mm -hmm. And you got a ten foot putt to make. Which which one? Well, uh, I've had them both actually, and they're they both suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say just from because I was a basketball guy, you know, that's all I did growing up. I played golf on the side, right? Um, you know, just to have that repetition, you're comfortable there all the time, right? But I did the Illinois Open. Oh, this was a few years ago now. I had a putt on the last hole um, for Eagle. And um, if I make it, I win. If I miss it, then I tie for first. We go in a playoff. And we ended up going in a playoff. Uh, ended up losing, unfortunately. But um, I think the, the basketball would be easier just because it's so repetitive. The golf yeah. was just something different. And there's like such – it's – such a different um, feel emotionally and physically. Uh, basketball, you you know, you can kind of rough and tough. If you're pissed off, you go hit somebody, right? 
golf, what are you going to hit? You, you going to hit the tree? You going to hit the ground? Like, and I've done them both, believe me. <laughs> but it's it's such it's a very humbling sport. We'll put it that way. Basketball is all about the hoorah, you know, hits you know, hit a shot and run down the court, you're pumping your chest, having fun, make a defensive stop. I didn't do a whole lot of that, but uh, make a few shots to make it fun. And then golf, you you make a putt and you're like, okay. Now I gotta now I gotta hit another shot. Um, so yeah, I would say the basketball would be a little bit easier, but both are tough. And Brandon, I, I will tell you this: the reason why I, I can't play golf is, you know, my mentality is if I'm playing bad, I'm just gonna hit you harder, go at you harder, right? Try to score in the post, get that next rebound, and knock somebody on their butt. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not the mentality you have to have in golf, right? You can't keep getting madder and madder at the situation and get yourself fired up more and more and just, you know, you got to relax into that next shot and, and clear your mind. And that's just not how John Pemberton's wired. John's mm -hmm. wired into, hey, if, if I didn't break it the first time, I'm going to hit it again until I break it a second time, right? And so, yeah, that's why I well, can't play golf. So, my uh, I, my style of golf is a little bit different than some of the other guys because I'm the same yeah. way, John. I, I mean, I want to break something so bad sometimes. Um, <laughs> and that's, you gotta you got to have backup clubs in your trunk because you never know when something might happen. <laughs> but it is. It's, it's humbling. It's, it's definitely a lot of uh, – uh, what I like to call, I guess, breathing mechanisms. You really yeah. got to, yeah. you know, take it in and, and get it out. Um, you know, as growing up playing basketball, your your get out was knocking somebody right in their chest, right? Yeah. Or running faster down the court because you're pissed off. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, I'd say you go from here basketball-wise all the way down to here golf-wise, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's well, in high school, you you were a shooter, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and you came in high school. You're a shooter, and the mentality is a shooter, right? If you miss your shot, what do you do? Shoot. You put it back up, right? Oh yeah. So, so I mean, did you have a little like little tin cup in you, where like you're sitting yeah, out yeah. and it's like, just give me the ball. I'll show you yeah. I can do it, right? Two hundred two, yeah, ten, exactly. Two hundred fifty yards over the water. Shit, I got this all day, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Drop the bad board and hit it again. <laughs> but no, I mean that being said, too, Steve. Um, you know, I, I played golf in high school. We got my my teams were very good. We finished, I like second, third, and ninth in state. My wow. sophomore to senior year. Um, I played my. What was my junior and senior year I played as the one. Um, so it was just kind of naturally. Uh, and being a shooter really helped my golf game. It's very visual, right? Golf is yeah. very visual to me. Um, shooting is very visual to me. You know, you, you kind of see your rotation. You see the arch. Um, and that's kind of how golf is. You see your shot direction. You kind of see the lay of the land. Uh, so it all kind of, for me, it kind of came together. Uh, and I still, I mean, you can ask Colton, I still take his ass out there and I'll outshoot him. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in high school, shooting was very visual too. I used to mm -hmm. shoot it and the guy used to swat it back at me. <laughs> <laughs> you got the bad visuals. I got the bad visuals. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I read somewhere, I, I want you to 
verify this that um, that you had you drove the ball 380 yards. Is that true? Yeah, I mean that's so that's my strength is driving the ball. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean downwind, firm, yep. I mean I probably and I don't like again golf makes you really humble so you don't toot your own horn here. But it's, right, uh, right. it's okay. It's a basketball thing. Toot it. Yeah, this, this is bird fans. <laughs> that's what I tell them. I'm not a golfer. I'm a basketball player playing golf. Right. 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 Uh, but probably. Definitely over 300, probably 310-ish is, is what I average off this thing. That is awesome. And it's, I mean, it's that's my best club. It's pretty straight. I play a little fade, um, but still trying to win something. <laughs> that is awesome. All right. So, Brandon, we're going to wrap this up. Here's where we give you a chance to give your closing remarks before we wrap the, the show up. So, closing thoughts. Uh, closing thoughts. Hey, I'm in real estate. If you need a house, come talk to me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm in. Uh, just joined uh, Remax Rising in Bloomington. Uh, Got to give a shout out to John Armstrong. He's a big ISU guy. Who uh, sold me? He's my realtor, which I bought my house here in Bloomington. Well, John, John guess what? I'm the I'm the new John. So come talk <laughs> to me. <right? laughs> um, no, uh, other thing um, to all the ISU fans. Love you. Uh, hope you guys keep supporting everything that's going on at ISU. I really think that uh, we're we're heading in the right direction. Coach Coach P is awesome. Um, he's been to my house a couple times for goodness sake, and I'm just a, I'm just an old ex player, right? Uh, right obviously right. with with some ties with Colton being my brother, but uh, uh, I think he's really going to do some big things. Good. Uh, and then for Colton's sake, he's going to get healthy. I think. Uh, he had a little procedure done today, tomorrow maybe, uh, and hope to see uh, his little punk ass back on the court next week, um, doing what he doing what he was doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, uh, th those kids are really good kids. I think Colton has a um, very strong emotional side to him when he's playing, and I think those kids feed off of it, which is great, right? Uh, yeah, whether yeah. whether they're playing bad or good, the emotion we can get we can get a lot out of, right? So, um, yeah, go birds. Let, let's go birds. Go birds. Um, let's 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 change let's change the uh, the era. Let's change the atmosphere. Let's get some fans in there. Let's make it fun. Um, I have a hard. If you see me at the game, I had a hard time sitting in my seat. I got to get up. And move around. <laughs> oh, I'm emotional. I'm an emotional fan. <laughs> but yeah, I am no, too. Thank, you, thank you guys. You guys are doing a great job. I, I love this. This is fun. This is this is cool. Keep people involved. And uh, again, hopefully we can uh, get some wins. Get some people in the stands. And amen, brother. Amen. There you go. All thank right. You so, so much. Yep. Thank you, Brandon Holt. Um, this is Bird Fans, episode number 25. Uh, we never thought we'd get past one, let alone two, and now we're at 25. And uh, so with that, we're signing off. John, take us out, big man. You got clapping. <laughs>